Hi, I'm TJ, and today I learned that FIFA's old logo was a pair of testicles. And I'm Mo. Go! Very nice. Thank you. And this is... It's still new to us, damn it. Welcome to It's Still New to Us, damn it. I'm Mo, he's TJ, he's just said, and we're here to watch every movie ever made so it can be very interesting at parties. That's right. Yes. We're almost there. Almost right? there, yes. We've watched, uh, this is our third season, so almost 18, 20 films. Yeah. Cool. I approached to go one time, so that's, that was interesting. I did ask if it was a salt and pepper, but that, that's about it. That's a big uh, yeah. step. Yeah. That's a very big, big step. step. Yeah. Did you get the salt and pepper? No. Well, hey. No. <laughs> Maybe after she finds out that you've watched United Passions. Yeah. Then you'll get that salt and so pepper. Definitely no. <laughs> yeah. So, how are you today? I'm doing good. I lost some weight. Good. I'm like 248 right now, so that's good. Nice. Used to be like around 260. Good for you. Yeah. I'm down 15, actually. Oh, that's awesome. Gave up alcohol for Lent. I'm not particularly religious, so it's not out of piety or, yeah. you know, health concerns. It's because my cousin dared me, or my cousin told me I couldn't do it. <laughs> so, never underestimate, listeners, Is the your cousin power like... of spite and pettiness. Yeah. Isn't your cousin like 16 years old? No, no, he's 23. Okay. He okay. acts <laughs> like a... No, he just acts like he's 16. Okay, that's great. Um, so, I guess we should talk about this movie Enough we stalling. We Enough have to get stalling. Shit. We're not good at banter yet. we got to no, figure out banter. No, but there's no real segue into this, is there? No, it's really so not. So, this was one of your selections. Yes. Tell the people why you selected United Passions. Okay, so, once again, as the people know, or if people don't know, I selected movies from the 2010s. So, I chose the best movie of the 2010s. The worst movie of the 2010s, and the most mad movie of the 2010s. And I would definitely say Mapplethorpe was the most mad movie I've ever seen before in my life. It was very mad. Very mad. Yeah, and we definitely. still have to watch Moonlight, which was listed as the best, right? Yes, one of the best. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. If like, it wasn't number one, it was definitely on the list mm-hmm. of best movies of the 2010s. And this one, today's movie, was listed as bar none the worst? I think, yeah, I mean... I think all the other movies, like, compared to other movies, Rotten Tomatoes score-wise, this one has a zero. A zero. And even Jack and Jill. Like, Jack and Jill, uh, that Bucky movie that yeah. had Nick Fordson in it. Yeah. Like, all those movies, those those don't have zeros. This yeah, has a zero. Some, yeah, because some goofball in New Mexico or something that writes for a local paper mildly enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that is impressive. What, yeah. What's more impressive, 100% on Rotten Tomatoes or 0%? I think it's zero. Like, how can you... <laughs> Get some, I, like, I think, yeah, Birdemic, Shock and Terror, I don't think that has a, a zero. Okay. Um. Seen the first one. It, it the Last bad. Airbender? I don't oh, think that has a zero. zero. Yeah. Bucky Lawson? I don't think that has a three percent. So that's close. That's the Nick Swartzen one, right? That's the Nick Swartzen one, yeah. Bucky Lawson, The Star is Born. Jack and Jill? I don't think has a three. It does have a three percent. Wow. Okay, that's my boy. How does Al Pacino get involved in these movies? I don't know. How much money do you think Adam Sandler paid Al Pacino to be in this movie? Probably, Not be in this movie, but... Probably an exorbitant amount. I would say... I don't know, $6 million. If you pay me $6 million, I'll be... Any movie. In any movie, but yeah. like if I'm they have the acting prowess of Robert De Niro... Yeah. I'm sorry, Al Pacino. Yeah, you, you would pay me that much to be in a movie like oh, this. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Uh, that's my boy, 20% Food Fight. Ever heard of Food Fight? No. It's an animated movie from 2012. It features, like, mascots from, uh, from food stuff. Wow. 
Yeah, it's because all this, like, Charlie Sheen, Wayne Brady, Hilary Duff, Eva Longoria, it's like the worst animated movie we've ever wow. seen for life. Like, really badly animated, animated, no humor at all. It's just so bad. I don't even know, like, that percentage, but I don't think that has a zero either. I can look it up right now. Let's see, food. Yeah, but I don't think that has a zero. But, like, it's very, there's only, like, a select few films that have a zero. And this is one of them. Definitely. Many even have one. Let's see. Yeah, this doesn't even have a tomato meter, but. Oh my god. <laughs> so nobody reviewed it, but yeah, so it's very, so this has a zero. The coveted zero percent. Coveted zero percent. Not yeah. a single critic enjoyed this movie. No. Um, yeah, uh, so. Yeah. The only this... one that matches the zero percent of this decade is a movie called Run for Your Wife, a British comedy movie. And that one's also zero? That one's also zero. Wow. Yeah. Even movie forty three has more than that, eh? Yeah, four percent. Wow. Yeah, dude, that's one. I that's like legendarily bad. I haven't yeah. seen that, but how oh, there's another one called Humshackles. That's a Bollywood movie. Mm-hmm. Crusade and Christmas zero. Oh, is it Kirk Cameron? So or whatever? Cameron yeah. one. Yeah, United Passons zero. Terrific. Dirty Grandpa. Not the. I always think about the Jackass one. Yeah, that's not that's the bad no. grandpa or something. So this is the one with Robert De Niro. Zach Efron, yeah, zero. Eleven percent. Yeah. Okay. Guardians, a Russian superhero film. Only 33%. Like, so mostly 0% are saved for, like, m- mostly a lot of foreign films. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not even sure Cats got zero. This is a foreign film, isn't it? Yeah, it's technically French. a British film, yeah. It's, it's a French British, British, yeah. French, British film. So, a lot of foreign films got zero stars. But interesting. 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. English yeah. language. English language, yeah. Yeah. Cats has 19%. So this movie, so Cats is better than wow. this movie. 19% of critics enjoyed Cats, eh? Yeah. Fascinating. Now, all these movies are terrible, but compared to, like... i say, like, the only movies that are good... Uh, like... The only movies... It, this is insane. Like, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Of how much, like... I would hate some of these movies, and some of these movies have better s- scores than Rotten Tomatoes. Of course, Rotten Tomatoes does not really matter that much, but it's just insane to think about. No, but it is interesting it, to see... Such a widespread consensus, you know. Critics are so diverse, really, yeah. realistically, and to see such consensus is rare, and it's impressive, yeah. honestly. Uh, it's a credit to the direction, the production, the acting, everything. Or yeah. in these cases, lack their, you know, lack thereof, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, speaking of direction, let's find out who's in this movie and who directed it. And who wrote good. it? So, United Passion, released in 2014. Uh, directed by Frederic Aberton and screenplay written by Frederic Aberton and John Paul Dufano. Uh, Frederic Aberton does not, did not direct a lot of movies after this. Okay. I think he's mostly, he was doing short films before he directed United Passion and then after United Passion he's just like, I'm not, he doesn't direct anything at all. Weird, I wonder why. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder why. Um, it stars Gerard Depardieu, who's a very famous actor. He's been mm-hmm. very famous French actor. He's been in multiple movies, won countless awards. Uh, I would say we probably wouldn't know him that much from like American cinema, but he was in a the uh, I believe the 1990s version of Chanel de Bergerac or 1989 version. Okay, and also the movie Bogus, where he plays an imaginary uh, friend of a little boy whose whose uh, parental guidance is Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, Sam Neill, uh, Jurassic Park, and you know the movie Bicentennial Man? Oh, I hated that fucking movie, yeah. I remember mentioning it when I was little, but I haven't watched it since. 
Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. I hated that movie. So it's about, does Robert, okay, so, Robin Williams is a android mm-hmm. who becomes human? Is that? Yeah, and he can li- he lived for like 200 years, hence the name, so yeah. it's like all about watching the original family he lived with grow old and die, and like the little girl that he grew up with and was like best friends with grows up and is like a punk you know, like as a teenager, and she yeah. tells him off. I think I remember that. I don't remember much of it. I saw it in theaters as a kid when it came out, and I hated it then. And frankly, my opinion probably could be a lot different now, but I'm not going to give the movie that chance. Yeah. Love Robin Williams. He was a national treasure. That movie was fucking boring. It sucked. Yeah, Robin Williams from in the 90s, it was like after, I think, Jumanji, which is just an okay movie. Yeah. Because then you got Patch Adams, which people hate. Yeah. You got Jack, you remember Jack, where he played a fourteen, oh, like a ten-year-old, but the, in a body of a that a, was awful too. Of and forty-year-old man directed that movie. Yeah, it was. Um, oh my god, I know this. It was a uh, Francis Ford Coppola. That's right. Yeah, like the greatest director, one of the greatest yeah, directors, of, directors of, all of all time. time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and okay, so you got yeah, Pat Adams, Jack, you got Bicentennial Man. Uh huh. Yeah, so his nineties was a little bit hit or miss because he had he had uh he was Fisher in. King. He was in The Fisher King, he was in Aladdin. Aladdin, yeah. But he also, he was in Toys, the, uh, Barry Levinson movie. Oh, sure. Which is sure. the other fairy, because that's passing uh, Death the Smoochie might have been 2000s. Yeah, Death the Smoochie was 2000s, yeah. So his was kind of hit and miss, but. Yeah. But hey, you yeah. know. He's Robin Williams. He can't he's Robin Williams, and we still love him. Yeah. That fucking movie, Bicentennial Man, though, you know what would have been the greatest ending for that is he becomes sentient, and he realizes how flawed humans are and what they're doing to this beautiful planet, and he just exterminates the family and goes on a one-robot spree of trying to end humanity. <laughs> that would have made it great. Yeah. Uh, Tim Roth is also in this movie. Yeah. Uh, Pulp Fiction. Yes. Of course. And Planet of the Apes. Yes, I'm one. glad you mentioned that. Yes. Yeah. I don't remember a thing about that movie. I just remember what Kevin Smith told me about the about the <laughs> monkey Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, but that's how, it. How Burton stole it from him, yeah. quote unquote. Yeah, that's it. I don't remember a thing about that movie. Like, uh, it's it's pretty bad. It's pretty forgettable, anyway. So, in that universe, does that mean that all monkeys are like? It's actually, followed all history then. So it actually models itself more after the book Planet of the Apes. In the book. You know, it's not the ending from the Charlton Heston movie where it turns out it's Earth the whole time. Yeah. Rod like Stone, Earth, like Earth was been destroyed by nuclear war. Correct. And then apes Correct. have now... Well, I guess we evolved from apes, and we're seeing apes are now evolving into us. Kind of. Yeah, so... Yeah. But not the, fully yet. In so. the book and the Burton movie, they have the same ending, basically. There's no Lincoln Memorial in the book, but something similar, where he comes back to Earth and finds... You know, an ape driving a car, basically. And the implication is that humans destroyed each other. Um, and meanwhile, apes evolved to be the higher race because humans just obliterated each other to the point where the only remainers were mute and stupid. Ah. Yeah. That's the idea there, anyway. Okay. So wait, the planet he escapes from is Earth then? And so he just... Correct. In the book, he wasn't... He was a human from Earth. He went to... He physically went to another planet. Oh. That was also down to apes. Came back to Earth only to find that the same fate had met oh. humans on his on his home planet. Yeah. That's the route the Burton movie and the book take. I personally think the Heston movie does the best. Really? It's so impactful. Even the new ones? The new Planet of the Apes movies? Love them. Oh, yeah. Those I are good. Them. Is Tim yeah. in one of the new Planet of the Apes movies? I'm... Um... I don't know. I think he's in a lot of shit. I think he is actually. Let's see. If he yeah. is, that's that's impressive. He was the bad chimpanzee though in the uh, Burton one. Yeah, I don't think he was in any other ones. I think he was. Oh, in... in the Hateful Eight. Yep. Obviously, Reservoir Dogs. Mm-hmm. 
What was it, Mr. Pink? Yeah, Tim Roth has, has a very luscious career, especially in Britain. He's he was in a bunch of Mike Lee stuff. He was a very yeah. famous British director. Um, yeah, so like he, so they have some talent here, like some mm-hmm. genuine talent, some of the best actors around, and it has failed so spectacularly. Um, the budget of this movie was thirty-two million dollars, according to Wikipedia. Um, I believe in Box Office Mojo and in IMDb, it said sixteen, nineteen million euros. So that's okay. quarter to twenty million to our money, okay. to U.S. money. Okay, and you you know how much this gross, TJ? Not that much. No, this is not. Okay, so you're looking at the Wikipedia right now. That says uh, like a hundred eighty six thousand and like seventy seven hundred twenty one something like that, right? Mm-hmm. The actual one from Box Office Mojo is a hundred seventy thousand and nine hundred four dollars. Worldwide, the uh, international box office was $1,701 and 511 mm-hmm. I think I said wow. that right, hopefully. Here in America, this only grossed $607. Oh. That's how much. It's only released fantastic. in 10 theaters in about 10 cities. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So that's how much it made. That's uh, remarkable. Yeah. And I know that, uh, wasn't this movie funded... Basically, by FIFA, yeah. FIFA itself, half, yeah, half the budget was from FIFA. Now that's in, that's integrity in journalism or in film, in yeah, this case, definitely. isn't it? Yeah, it's like when Michael Jordan produced The Last Dance, and like they have like a five minute blurb about, oh yeah, he was gambling, but he was fine. He, he was, was fine. doing it responsibly. Yeah. How he didn't really uh, go for any candidates or anything, so <laughs> that way he would seem possible to everybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, okay, so we talked about. Uh, Who's in this movie, how much it made and stuff. Titi, what the hell is this movie about? Well, Mo, United Passions is a dramatized retelling of the founding of the Federation Internationale de Football Association, FIFA, and its creation of the iconic World Cup tournament. Told in two halves, the first half focuses on the organization's third president, Jules Rimet, and his institution of the tournament, and the second half focuses on the seventh and eighth presidents, Havelange and Sepp Blatter, the latter of which it ultimately is tasked with cleaning up FIFA's internal corruption, which threatens his presidency, at least in the film. In the end, no hilarity ensues. South Africa selected the host of 2010 World Cup, and the audience is, is left rooting for Sepp Blatter in his fight to clean up FIFA. Woo! Yeah, go he sure Sepp did. Blatter. Yeah. So that is the synopsis of this movie. Now let me ask you, as a sport, are you a, are you a soccer fan? No. No? I respect the hell out of it. I think it's a great game. I don't ever really watch it. No. But well, we're Americans, so we... Yeah. Not really popular. I mean, it's, it's gaining popularity, definitely. I mean... Oh, I grew up with kids who watch Messi and all those guys. I think... And our it, friends are definitely big soccer yeah. fans, so yeah. I think it's an unbelievable feat of conditioning that athletes can even play that game. I mean, mm-hmm. it's unreal what kind of shape you have to be in to, yeah. to play that game, and I respect the hell out of them. Um... But I admit, I, maybe it's just because I am born and raised American. I prefer American football. I prefer basketball. I prefer hockey. Yeah. Um, and the flopping. I can't stand the flopping. My cousin actually did flopping. that once. He was playing he was playing soccer, and somebody yeah. stepped on his foot or his ankle with yeah. one of the shoes. Because the shoes are soft spikes, you know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he, and he went, ah, because it hurts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, a mutual friend of ours who played soccer in high school, he said the coach would actually coach them up on how to make a fall exaggerated or it's just part of the game and yeah to me that's kind of a bummer i mean nba you see it sometimes yeah, obviously definitely um hockey and football not so much 
No. No. But it does detract a little bit from me. But otherwise, it is a beautiful game, and I, I respect the hell that it's out of its roots. I mean, yeah. it is a religion in the rest of the world. Yeah, you know definitely. what I mean? We are outliers with regards to our soccer uh, fanaticism or lack thereof. Yeah, and it's like I said, it's growing here. I mean, there's mm-hmm. we do have the MLS, which I know soccer fans find that to be like the least competitive mm-hmm. of all of the soccer uh, leagues in the I world. I think that's almost scientifically proven. Though. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But there's a, a huge fan bases in Portland, yeah. Seattle, uh, Detroit. We have a very small, not MLS team. Yeah, uh, Detroit the, City Football Club. Detroit City Football Club. DCFC. There's huge fans everywhere. We've been to games. Yeah, there are so much fun. Those games are a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, they really. And are. wouldn't it be great to tell the story of the people who actually play the game? But no, FIFA decided to tell it from their side of the story. I found the John Oliver quote. Yeah. So John Oliver on his HBO show made fun of uh, this movie back when it came out, and he goes, he goes, "Who makes a sports film where the heroes are the executives?" Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. It's so Imagine great. an NFL movie about Roger Goodell and his struggles yeah. to, to keep the owners in line or something. That'd Could you great. imagine? Oh, that'd be funny. That'd be funny. Yeah, so I guess let's get into this movie. So we sure. start out in 19... I think it's the 1900s? Oh, early four. 19- oh, four? Yeah, yeah, okay. So the guy, I think, who Gerard Debatou plays is not Gerard Debatou yet. I think that's the young version of himself. Mm-hmm. So they just found a league, and they're trying to get everybody to go, to get Britain to join, and they said if they don't join, they will ban them from international play. Mm-hmm. But of course, Britain, I guess British people are definitely the villains, or white people are definitely the villains, even though half the, even though the people they're portraying are definitely, I don't think some of them are white. Like, Oh, and the FIFA executive committee, as we'll talk about later, that yeah. was a very white group. Yeah. Sam Neill was Brazilian, I think? He was supposed to be Brazilian. He was supposed to be a Brazilian person. Yeah. Yeah. Sam Neill's character. I didn't even, in the synopsis, I didn't even bother with his first name. I have no idea how to pronounce it. I don't know it. anybody of these names. I don't, like, um, I was watching the whole movie, I'm like, who are all these people? You gotta watch movies like this with subtitles. I'm yeah. I'm telling you. People, there's a stigma about watching stuff with subtitles. If you're not hard of hearing, you will retain so much more information about the characters' names, about where the location names, things like that, I find subtitles to come in handy. Yeah, okay, so finally, British said no because they're racist and they, they say well, they're, they're elitist, not the elitist. Yeah, the and they're the like, find, tell, ask us in 40 years mm-hmm. when you guys evolve. So that happens, they, they make the league and then 20 years pass, right? And then right. we get to our day by do. Hopefully I'm saying his name right. Yeah, I think Yeah, so. and so every scene that it features that's about the finite FIFA is like God finding Earth or something. Oh, or like yeah. the biggest thing to ever happen anywhere yeah. is this going is like every scene they do is like happening to FIFA. Yeah, and this movie does it moves at a breakneck pace. Yeah. I mean you meet all these supporting characters outside of uh what's his name? Rame is his character's name. Um yeah, Jules Rame or Remet. Yeah. And, um, oh, I forgot to mention Stephen Fisher's in this movie, too. Oh, it, Fisher Stevens in this movie. Yeah, who cares? He's there for, like, two minutes. Yeah. That's the way, like, the supporting characters that come into contact with Romay and then the, you know, later characters, Seth Bladder and, uh, yeah. and Avalanche, uh, the characters that support them just come and go throughout this movie. They try and tell so much goddamn story in this movie. Yeah, his daughter, like... I yeah, mean, Annette or whatever. Yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah, it's all... 
very muddled. I do love the old mage makeup they put on her when it was like 1950. I know. Like yeah, the, that was great at his uh, funeral. They just made her look, yeah. put, gray hair, put gray in her hair, and it's like, that's it. And I love how all the talk at the funeral was about fo- soccer, football. Yeah. Like, we're not going to talk about, like, it's your daughter. Like, you're not going to say about how he took you to the carnival Game, or something. Yeah, it's, games, raised you, you know. Everything he did for football. Every, you know, everything yes. was about football. He wasn't racist. He did nothing bad in his entire life. You know what? I didn't do any research on him. I have more to say about the yeah. 2010s of FIFA, the big scandal breaking. So I don't know. Maybe the early years were more on the level. I would yeah. think so. Because I think, um, I guess in the movie, if you have to take a movie for fact, he was like, we want all races and creeds to play in this. Yeah. So I, yeah, I guess that was true. I mean, Uruguay won the first cup, didn't mm-hmm. they? So yeah. Yeah, they played the first World Cup in Uruguay. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, and- Which is the greatest... Like when they won in 1950, the great, the worst thing to happen to anybody ever. God, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh my god, like worse than World War Two and one combined. Yeah, Uruguay won the World Cup in 1950, <laughs> which I had no idea happened. So I didn't either. But yeah, I can imagine those people's reactions. The Brazil fans' reactions were pretty. Yeah, accurate. they were bad. They were, they were like, <laughs> I love the scene where all the Brazilians are standing up and and doing the national anthem, even if they're not there. Mm-hmm. And like they wouldn't do that. No. <laughs> Hey, who knows, man? They take soccer very, very seriously. Yeah, but you wouldn't, like, if, even if, it doesn't matter, you wouldn't raise up for your own national anthem if you were at home at a bar. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, Maybe they nobody don't would. I don't, I guarantee nobody in 1950 did that. You don't remove your hat when you're sitting on the couch? No. <laughs> Good. Uh, so yeah, the, his, yeah, the big part of his storyline, Ramey's storyline, is that creation of the first World Cup in Uruguay, which Uruguay wins by defeating Brazil. Yeah. Um, in like the 1931? Yeah, it was 1930s, yeah. Yeah, okay. Because um, they, they brushed past it pretty quickly, but the, it's supposed to be dramatic because that was in the midst of the Great Depression, right? Yeah, yeah. I think so. So that, that was supposed to be... Yeah, it was 1930, then 30, then quickly, 1931, they're bankrupt. Mm-hmm. And then a few years passed, and like, oh, they're fine again. And then... Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, World War II was a thing, so we yeah. couldn't have World Cups in, in the 40s, yeah. but now we're back in the 50s. And then and... they talked about Hitler and, like, fascism a little bit, saying mm-hmm. they, they were, it's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were bad. very subtle about that, weren't they? <laughs> yeah. The one party goer who's like, well, surely Negroes can't play football. Yeah. Football's a white game. And yeah. the daughter being like, uh, okay. Yeah. It's like, you fool. Yeah, and then he's left. <laughs> then he, she and her dad walk away from him, and he's left there like, oh, man, I'm, maybe I was wrong. <laughs> Guarantee that didn't happen. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, hey, at least they're preaching the right message, I guess. Yeah. I would uh, say, like, he, like, Jar Debadu has, like, I guess he, he tried the best. He's probably the best actor in this. He's good. I'm not going to say he's bad. I mean, he's good with yeah. what he's given here. Because I feel like Sam Neill and Tim Roth did not... Like, Tim Roth said he tried, but I don't think he tried at all. Because <laughs> these are, like, the most boringest people in the world. Besides, like... I know. At least Gerard, so, like... Gerard did try to play Jesus. At least his character was like, I am Jesus. Sam Neill and Tim Roth was like, yeah, we're, we're just executives. We're just like, you know We're what? just executives and we're going to clean up this just dirty organization. We're going to put the Africans in the game and we'll, we'll do that good stuff and then we'll, we'll maybe do some other stuff that's not so good, but we won't let anybody know. Yeah, <laughs> so the Havalanche character, Sam Neill's character, gets elected. He beats the incumbent, incumbent uh, president of yes. FIFA. Who's also racist. Who's, who's like, also racist. Like, well, he's the one that gets mad at, uh, Avalanche after and says, you're letting Africa into this. Yeah. 
Again, very heavy-handed. Havalanja, Sam Neill's like, Africa is the future of this sport. Now, let me spoil a little something for you, and I'll go into more detail at the end because I did some research on the FIFA scandal. Havalanja was a ridiculously corrupt individual. Yeah. He was basically a politician. I mean, he did genuinely lobby all throughout Africa and some of the lesser-known countries and brought them into the organization, which yeah. is good, which mm-hmm. is ideally good if you want to grow your organization. Yeah, that's right? what the NBA is doing now. They're going to Africa, they're going mm-hmm. to other countries, expanding their game, so that way... True, and hopefully the NBA is not taking a shitload of bribe money. Yeah. But that's what this guy did. But basically he won... Well, that's China, maybe, so you got to figure that out, so... Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another time, I guess. Yeah. But that was basically how Havilland won power, was by recruiting nations that hadn't really been invited to the party before. Yeah. So, I mean, it's smart. You guarantee your vote, vote from them. Uh, he takes power, and he's in power for a good amount of time. Any thoughts on Sam Neill in this movie? No. He was just like, I... He <laughs> was just there. He was just a person. He was like, I'm going to do this thing. Racism bad. And that's it. And then he's like, I may have done some things. And then he left. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Bye. Bye. And I love how, like, he uh, appoints Bladder as his right hand. I hate saying that name, by the way, Bladder. Bladder. Ugh, he's so gross. He appoints Sepp as his uh, right hand man and right hand man and tells him in, you know, very clear terms, you, you've you been promoted because I see the hard work you do, but you can be very quickly replaced. Yeah, replaced <laughs> if, you know. If you fuck up, yeah. Yeah. It's very like oh, okay. I love I love how like Seth, how Tim Roth like Seth Rider got all those like sponsors to be like who's that Coca Cola <laughs> and they have the Coke pins. Yeah. It's like wow, really? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like let's do this, and he got the deal. Yeah, like Adidas he got the deal. <laughs> that new uh, the new ball, the new ball, Remember the, the tangine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like got the deal, got the deal, baby. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like in like. Like, I read the review, said, like, Mad Men style. Like, it wasn't interesting at all. He just... Oh, no. They didn't even sell the meetings, like, them playing hardball or anything. They just he got, went to a table, <laughs> went to a shady meeting with with some guy from Adidas. That's and it's just, like, got the deals. You know, that's interesting you say this, because this movie, and one of my complaints about it is the scope. It's too big of a scope. Yeah. To a less than two-hour movie. This really is, it feels like a season of Mad Men, story-wise, crammed into two hours. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just the story arcs. I mean, it tries to cover too much, so. I mean, probably a good idea, like, I think we, I watched the movie where they, it's a movie about, like, a specific event, but it took place, like, like, three, like, three different timelines, where one is, like, a specific day. So if they would have done, like, one specific day of each time, mm-hmm. and it showed, like, the path, like, the trans, the transfer power, and also how FIFA has transformed, that probably wouldn't have been smarter. But no, they decided to spend the whole history of FIFA. And, uh, you can tell because every, like, every five seconds you're in a new place. Yeah. It's great. I love the transitions. They're so lazy. They're like, uh, oh, yeah. like the, the hangover. The hangover just shows, like, aerial shots. And every five minutes you get a different aerial shot of different countries. Mm-hmm. And it's like, FIFA, uh, Rio de Janeiro. Rio de Janeiro, uh, FIFA. Sorry, but it's a Rio de Janeiro. Uh, FIFA, Stockholm, FIFA. It's FIFA. Yeah. You know what they should have done is had the George Lucas swipes from Star Wars. That would have been great. No, because you're right, the transitions are so fucking lazy. Yeah, it's just like, time has passed. Like, how do you know? It says. Just take our word for it, alright? Just take our word for it, you know. You can do that by the clothes or anything else, but nope, time has passed. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, (laughs) this movie. Yeah. (laughs) This movie's just got a litany of problems. That's true. 
Um, from pacing to the transitions to, to the, the ham-fistedness. <laughs> oh, my God. It was like watching Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. Yeah. I know I always reference this movie, but they were they, there were literal scenes where it's like, what should we call ourselves? Dramatic music play. Yeah. The Federa- Federation... Uh, International... The Football Association. Association. FIFA! And they all stand up Yay! and they start shouting and they yell, FIFA! <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah. There's scenes like... Um, Did- uh, God, what was it? When ha- uh, Avalanche has his subordinates all around him and Sep's new to the team and... He's, uh, Avalanche is actually new as president, and he's going around the table telling his subordinates, we need to find money and be creative. Yeah. It's like a coach during halftime or between periods in a hockey game saying, team, we score more goals, make more opportunities. <laughs> yeah. You know, they, just so, so lazy in writing. And my, my favorite was, uh, when Joe Debadu's character is praying to Jesus in the cross, and then, uh. <laughs> That's great. Does his dream come true? I have no idea. It's just like, was that. Before the 1950 World Cup game? He did his part. If the movie's to be believed, I don't know. Maybe he was a piece of shit, too. But yeah. If the movie's to be believed, he, he did his part. Yeah. Uh, he did his he job. He found it. He definitely... Honestly, I am in awe of this movie's balls. I really am. I mean, like, obviously it's paid for by FIFA, but they present Sepp Blatter as a no-nonsense... Um, yeah, they don't the present... They don't present these guys as, like, good guys at all. Like... Well, I feel like Seth Blatter, they kind kind of did. I don't feel. I feel like they were just guys. They didn't present them as good or bad. They were just like, we did these things, and that's it. You could argue that maybe, maybe. I guess it was an actions versus words thing, and it was just Seth Blatter's words. For instance, I wrote this down. This might not be verbatim because I wrote it while watching it. Yeah. But this was my favorite line of the movie from Seth Blatter. "Quote: A breach of ethics will be severely punished." Severely. Severely punished. Yeah. I don't know. So saying. maybe it's just a matter of him playing the role for, for the word, you know, the words part of the game, but the actions are certainly not there. Yeah. And granted, the show, the movie doesn't show the actions. We'll get into the actions. Yeah. In a little bit. So they tried to bring up the, the, um, the, like, the vibing and all that stuff. Cause you know, Wilcox, you know, the Jonas yeah. Wilcox is like, I need to ask you a few questions as I set a, a meeting. And then he released the book, and that's the last we hear Wilcox. So, yeah. I found out actually that he played Wilcox. His name was, uh, I think John Barry. Jason Barry, sorry, Jason Barry. Um, he ADR'd, a lot of ADR in this film too. You can definitely tell a lot of ADR in this film. Yeah. And I guess Seth Vatter was there doing the ADR sentence, and they, and they told him to cut it. Cause like, I don't like the way he's asking these questions. And that's why he cut half his dialogue. So that's why he's not in the film that much. Interesting. So he's like, I don't want to seem like I did stuff stuff bad. So it's like, so shh. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. The president of the company funding the movie probably doesn't want his corruption yeah. to be seen uh, in the movie. Yeah, but, but he, he didn't make himself be like a very good guy, like at all. Like no, <laughs> not necessarily. But maybe it's just me that got this. I feel like the movie though with his character was. Basically, they were setting him up to be Tupac and me against the world. Like, it almost felt like the whole organization's out to get him. They, they're not 
fan, you know, the rest of the committee is not fans of his because he's cracking down on the things, the illegal things they're doing. Yeah, but the script and like Tim Roth does not make it seem like that at all. Tim Roth doesn't give a shit. Yeah, he he did this movie for the money, basically. I'm proud of him, huh? Yeah, he's just like, I my kids are going to college, I need money. <laughs> they offered me money, I took it. <laughs> I'm proud of him. Yeah. I, I really am not sure. mad about that. I'm proud of people who are just like, yeah, I just did it for money. Just like... You know what? Honestly, occasionally it's nice to see. Yeah, just be honest. It's like, that's fine. Yeah. We understand that they offer you dollar money, just do it, and it's like, whatever. I guarantee you they offered Bob DeNeo a ton of money to do Dirty Grandpa and like stuff like that. Dude, the amount of awful movies that he and Pacino have made. I yeah. Mean, they are two of the most accomplished actors of all time. Because now they're in the phase, like, nobody gives a shit. We can do whatever we want. Yeah. We'll Bob and Neil and Al Pacino, yeah. we have made some of the best movies of all time. We can yeah. just do whatever we want. And, like, sure, when we die, they'll be like, yeah, he made this movie. But, like, I made The Godfather. Mm-hmm. Or, like, I didn't. I was in The Godfather. I was in Raging Bull. Yeah. You know. Good people, people are going to... People don't really know that Al Pacino was in Jack and Jill doing a Dunkin' Donuts commercial... Called the, the cappuccino. Sometimes, I don't know. Yeah, I've never the, seen it. I just am astounded. Yeah. Just astounded. Like, only, like, movie nerds, or, like, people who, like, really watch movies like that would be like, yeah, he was in this, and this was terrible. Yeah. Again, to you, like, people don't care. It's like, <laughs> Oh, no, their legacies are cemented. Yeah, like, people forgot Dirty Grandpa already until we mentioned it, you know. And before then, it was Dustin Hoffman, or, not Dustin Hoffman, um, although he's in some bad movies occasionally. Uh, Dennis Hopper, one of the greatest actors of all time. He was in some real shit. Yeah. Yeah, no, they all do it. Anthony yeah. Hopkins is in a ton of bad movies. Yeah, that's true. Brian Cox, the guy from Succession. Sure. Ton of bad movies. And he's, sure. <laughs> he'll yell at you either way. He's like, this is not about acting. I'm like, you were in so many bad movies, Brian Cox. Yeah. Don't complain. Yeah, I know. Interesting yeah. hill to die on there. That's true, yeah. Okay, so yeah, so Gerard de Badu, he's great. He dies. <laughs> Let's talk about the use of montages in this film. <laughs> These are the worst use of montages I've ever seen in a film in my life. However, yeah, one of them gets a point for having talking heads wild wildlife. That's true, but that's a bad song selection. It's a really bad song. <laughs> yeah, song. it's um substitute by the Who. Only yeah. two songs: substitute yeah, by the Who right. and uh, Wild Wildlife by Talking Heads. Two songs do not fit this movie at all. Really bad needle drops. Oops, yeah, sorry about that. Really bad needle drops. Is this? Yeah, and the montages don't really do anything. I think no. they show people practicing. Soccer. They they do soccer. We watch like some World stock, Cup games. Yeah, stock These, footage. Yeah, stock footage, handshakes, deals, and uh, the world's changing or something yeah. like that. I don't know, but it's just really bad. There's no reason to have a montage except to expand the movie more because the movie goes so fast. <laughs> you don't need to do that. Yeah, in a movie where it's about the athlete, a montage makes sense, right? Rocky yeah, training. In this, it doesn't make no, sense. No, it doesn't make any We're sense. We're seeing businessmen shake hands. Yeah. I mean, the stock footage is kind of interesting. Yeah. I do like seeing the old school, like, Pele. I, I really yeah, that was Pele. fun. That like, was cool. seeing the 1980 uh, World Cup or something mm-hmm. when Argentina won. It was, that was fun, watching the old soccer games and stuff. Yeah. But, no, you're right. They're completely pointless. They're completely pointless. It was... In a movie that's already way too fast for its own good, too. I mean. Yeah. I wonder why those two songs... I think those are the only songs they could get. I have no idea. Yeah. I'm so perplexed. Those are not the most popular songs from those artists. No, they're not. No. It's even better. Why Substitute by The Who? That was like the first hit or something. Why... Yeah, it's yeah. an old one. And Why Wild Wild Life? I don't know. Like, Why Wild Life is a very popular song by the Talking Heads. Don't get sure. me wrong. yeah. But I can name... like That's probably not my favorite song. I like, And She Was was great. Burning Down the House. Yeah. Uh, Psycho Killer. You can name like any one of these songs, but like... Nothing but flowers. Nothing but flowers, yeah. It's just, I don't know, it just doesn't match at all. Like, yeah. 
this is definitely not Marcus Scorsese level needle drops, and those are like, no. yeah, no, they no is is not. Yeah, um. I remember the first time um, I like I watched Marcus Scorsese films before, but I never really noticed the needle drops until like I started listening to podcasts about it. Yeah. I watched Mean Streets. All of a sudden, you see Robert De Niro walking in with a, uh, a jumping jack fast. Yeah. Like, okay, I get it now. He like mm-hmm. comes these shits because it's like this is the most um, self-indulging thing I've ever seen before in my life. Yeah. But this was not self-indulging at all. This is just to make no. the movie go faster. And this like, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's already a fast movie. You've yeah. seen Goodfellas, right? Yeah. When um, Henry Hill's going through that coke addiction phase and yeah. they're trying to show like how paranoid he's becoming and all that they play George Harrison's What Is Life yeah. while he's over a montage of him you know in his daily activities yeah and, see, those those tell the story of something you know yeah. that shows he's going insane right. and in Mean Streets it's showing that Robert De Niro, like Robert De Niro's character is a, is a very dangerous man he's very wild you know these do nothing they it don't. does nothing to the film to help elevate it at all they don't yeah and the funny thing is well, I'll get to it with final thoughts, but they don't do anything for the movie whatsoever. Yeah. Good or bad. Exactly. They talked about, like, once again, they, they touched a few things that, like, that are, like, critical of FIFA. You know, like, how riots happened during some of the FIFA Cups, you know, like, yeah. stuff like that. They touched a little bit on the, on the bank, on the embezzlement and stuff like that, but once mm-hmm. again, they were just like, I don't want to talk about it. And <laughs> they drop it, and then Seth Bad is reelected, and that's, that's yeah. it. Yeah. That's basically the whole movie. I mean, I mean, just, really, it is. Yeah. yeah, it's hard to talk about. Um, I don't know about his daughter. Was his daughter supposed to be a major force in FIFA? But she's just around. I don't. I have yeah. no idea. I didn't like how they how they. Uh, I don't think so. I didn't like how they uh, made Italian people look like that one Italian guy. Yeah. Yeah, he was very fidgety and like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't like how he was portrayed at all. I'm like, I'm just sitting there, like, nope, I don't like this, not one bit. <laughs> no. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, stupid. The middle was blah. It was just nothing. Because mm-hmm. once again, Samuel was just like, "I'm putting Africans in the World Cup, and that's it." And like, I'm good guy, mm-hmm. and that's it. And then he goes into a pool. He swims in a pool. Yeah, and he's like, I think he said he was God at one point. Cause he the, may have actually. Yeah, yeah. when he's, when the kids are playing that game, he's like, "Imagine if a God yeah the started, ball." Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. I didn't get that metaphor. Once again, every every movie, every scene in this movie is, is supposed to be the greatest scene of all he time. Was like, yeah, yeah, that's what they think it is. That's yeah. how they set it up. It's all framed like it's something epic, and that it is the greatest thing of all time, and that it's profound. Yeah, what he says is something like, "Imagine if God was in a cloud above a game, and basically, like, if his you know God's weather caused." the outcome of the game or something like that would that be cheating or i don't i don't know actually i don't fucking know what am i saying yeah it was terrible it was bad really bad yeah and they um i don't know it just this things happen like things happen they showed like yeah they we expanded the game that's great and but we also did a bunch of other bad things that we're not going to say we did but we kind of did but we're not going to say we did. we're not going to get into specifics <laughs> yeah the movie, though. exactly yeah but lucky for folks, yeah. I did some digging. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, she did get into what the hell the 2015, the FIFA, uh, yeah. FIFA problem was. Yeah. So, well, so that's hilarious that it came out in 2015 because didn't this movie also come out in 2015? This movie came out in 2014. 14, okay. And like a few weeks later, <laughs> this happened. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, the timing of this couldn't be any funnier. That's true. That's, that's probably the funniest Even thing. Even without the movie. scandal, I think this movie would still be, I mean, this, Oh, it'd still be notoriously bad. Yeah. yeah. No question. 
But the scandal is just, it, it makes it just adds a whole new level of irony or whatever. But basically, so I, I got these facts. These are FIFA scandal facts. And I got these from a great YouTube video. If, if folks want to listen to it, they should. Very succinct, very uh, easy to understand how FIFA corrupted the World Cup by Vox. Uh, this was from just a few months ago. Um, I like this video because a lot of times when I read about racketeering and wire fraud, to me, I don't understand. You know, it's hard for me to picture what that is all the time. So this video did a great job. But basically, <coughs> excuse me, FIFA's uh, corruption came to light in 2010 when FIFA announced the winners of the 2018 and 2022 World Cup host countries. Mm -hmm. Those were Russia and Qatar, uh, respectively. Um, so the way that the FIFA works, uh, or was set up back in the day, uh, by Mermaid is you have a Congress that's made up of the reps from each country. Um, they place each country that participates in FIFA. They place votes, uh, on where the, um, World Cup will be played, but these are really mainly a facade. The actual voting is made by the executive committee, EXCO they're called, which is made up of 24 leaders of each confederation of FIFA, uh -huh. uh, some of the senior execs, including the president. Uh, so basically there are no checks and balances here. The uh, executive committee can allocate FIFA money however they want. Uh, Havilland and Bladder very much took bribes uh, from countries, but What's interesting is kind of how that all works. Um, basically, to win, you know, if a country wanted to buy their way into getting the World Cup, all they'd need to do is influence 13 votes, right? Out of 24, you have a majority. Um, FIFA moved to Switzerland in the early 2000s, I believe it was, where their finances could not be traced. So that oh, was okay. huge for them. Uh, by this point, countries uh, started promising FIFA new stadiums, accommodation, and advertising. This is an exchange, you know, that's like the public bid type of thing. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing unethical about that, per se. Uh, in 2015, October, it became known that Germany had bribed at least four ex-co members for votes. Uh, this was the first instance of public knowledge of bribery, I believe. Uh, these ex-co members were being wined and dined, basically. And, of course, it happened again with the South African bid. Uh, that we see at the end of this movie. When the 2018 bid was upcoming, Russia had publicly announced a pledge of $10 billion. $10 billion? $10 billion? In expenditures to accommodate the World Cup. So not bribery money per se, <coughs> but infrastructure work. Okay. Um, and two Exco members later admitted to taking multiple millions, millions of dollars in bribes from Russia. Qatar, despite being incredibly small and never even having a World Cup qualifying team, had huge amounts of natural gas reserves, obviously yeah. like owned by one person. Mm -hmm. uh, this meant, though, that the country's leadership could similarly just buy their way into the World Cup. And for that World Cup, they pledged $200 billion <laughs> to improve infrastructure so that they could host the World Cup. Yeah. Keep in mind, too... This has happened, like, a, yes. like a few months ago. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And luckily they did it in, what, November or something? Yeah. Yeah, because it was during football season. But at the time, this was such a bizarre choice because in summer, Qatar could reach temperatures of 50 degrees Celsius. Now, do you know what that is in Fahrenheit? No, that's like 100 and... I'm guessing 30? 122. 122. Yes. You cannot be running around in 122 no. degree Fahrenheit weather. You Definitely. just can't. I mean, you'll die. I don't care how good a shape you're yeah, in. Yeah, plus there's... Plus, they did a bunch of other weird things. They banned beer and alcohol yeah. sales after yeah. two days before the event even happened. Yep. For Isn't some reason. Do you know why that happened? Uh, I don't know if it was something with Qatar's laws or 
safety concerns because previously Brazil had done that. Yeah. Or at least tried to and until Budweiser, who's one of FIFA's biggest Yeah, and Budweiser is also right, sponsored this happen. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> um, I think that's the first time that this actually happened. But here's what's interesting. So Russia and Qatar win these two bids, yeah. 2018-2022. Both of those governments are authoritarian. Okay, they're not publicly funded like a lot of other countries. So they're spending, I mean, they might be, but they're not overseen the same way. Their spending isn't necessarily accounted for. They can bid whatever they want. And this puts countries like the U.S., England, and Australia at a huge disadvantage because they can easily be outbid. So although the countries couldn't be held accountable, at least after the announcement that that these executive committee members had been wined and dined and, I mean, paid off, big time by these uh, representatives of these countries. Um, 13 of the 22 ex-co members that voted that year uh, were either indicted or banned from FIFA. Sepp Blatter resigned in disgrace and voting control over World Cup hosts returned to FIFA's Congress. Okay. So, which is like 130-some members, maybe 140. Um, Did that all make sense, though? I think so. So you're basically saying that the executives took bribes from countries Mm -hmm. to... Yeah, hosting rights, and then they just took <laughs> yeah. the money. Yeah, 100%. And in a lot of cases, it sounds like SEP or one of the other higher-ranking you know, executives there would take the bribe money and then filter it. Oh, okay. At least that's what I gathered. I could be wrong, because yeah. this movie it would have you think that he was fighting against that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a really bad look. And it's yeah. really hilarious that the FBI of all, of all organizations arrested all these guys. Yeah. Yeah. The FBI. It's crazy. All right. Well, yeah. So that's what happened. So that's yeah. why everybody's, well, even without that happening, this movie still be bad. At least now we understand why people are very hypocritical against this movie. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. So Russia was in 2018. That was Moscow? Yes. Okay, then Qatar. Do you know what the next games are going to be yet? This, this is U.S., right? Isn't that the U.S. one? Let's see. I should know, but... um, What year would that be? 26? 26, yeah, because yeah. this one's happened now. Yeah, I think that might be the U.S., actually. Okay, so the U.S. Oh, North America. North, North America. America. So there's going to be Canada, Mexico, and the U.S. Okay. It's kind of cool. That's cool. Yeah. Okay, so now, like, I guess the Biden has stopped, I guess, right, until... I would assume that they, if they're, if they have any modicum of intelligence, yes, they have cooled down. Okay. They have cooled it, yeah. Okay, so thank you, TJ, for explaining that to me and to our listeners. Um, I guess we should go into final thoughts now, because we got into the movie, we got into why, everything else. That's fine. Okay, so I tried to go in this with an open mind, because I know I remember the 0% score, the everything behind it and everything. I tried to go with an open mind and see see if this movie was at least not that bad. Mm -hmm. And it is that bad. It's just... It's not imaginative, it's hypocritical, it's ham-fisted, it's everything bad you can think of a film is. It's shot poorly, acted poorly, and not like hilariously poorly either. I mean, it's shot somewhat competently, but it's just like there's nothing happening on the screen to make you excited or anything. The actors don't really care because they're doing it for the money, and they don't really have a lot of things to go on because they don't seem the characters to be smart, uh, charismatic, or anything else like that. You know, there's no drama because they hated all the drama because they want to be exposed for embezzlement and stuff like that. So, yeah, this movie deserves a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. I give this 0 out of 6 stars. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. You're going to make me look merciful by comparison. Uh, to be honest, as I was watching it, I was 
especially the first half, I was thinking, how is this considered the worst of the decade? Now, it's not good. It's, yeah. it's pretty bad, actually. Now, the worst bad. of the decade would be, I guess that's my understanding of it. Because I, I chose, there's a bunch of bad films, but I chose a film oh, gotcha. that we, we did not, okay. like, that's not really seen in popular culture as, like, the worst yeah. film ever made. Such as Jack and Jill, or yeah, okay. Bucky Larson, gotcha. or, like, any of those, or Birdemic, gotcha. you know? Okay. So I was like, United Passing, that has a 0%, because not many movies have 0%. Yeah. So this sure. must be worse than that. And Bucky Larson, Jack and Jill, they have 3%. Some of these films have 4%. This one has 0%. Yeah. I, I mean, think, I, I think I checked, like, this week, earlier this week, this had a 1%, and then it went back down to 0 <laughs> So. Somebody tried to. Somehow, into this the is worse, because Jack and Jill, you can probably laugh at it, because it's so bad. And like, well, that's all the cardinal movies, sin of That's this. the cardinal sin. And this is the cardinal sin of this. This yeah. is, this bad. This is. Right. It's like, it's almost. It's more competently made than some of the worst movies that you hear about. Yeah. But it also is to a point where it's a detriment because there's nothing remarkable about it at all. Yeah. I mean, there's not a thing. At least, like, I've seen Birdemic. Birdemic's fucking horrible. And I wouldn't argue in a good way. I did not enjoy Birdemic. But at least there were times where I'm, like, scratching, you know, like, rubbing my eyes. Like, did I, did they, is, did they really put together special effects that bad? This movie, be it the direction production values the pacing i mean this movie is so bloated bad it's straight up propaganda yeah i mean it is straight up propaganda you know spoon fed to you by fifa i do feel like it's not the least competent movie of the decade i feel like there's got to be one that was made that was less competently made but there was probably still something more to enjoy in that Mm -hmm. yeah this movie deserves the zero percent I just, by default, was going to give it a half star out of six because I didn't know I could give zero. But I'm giving it a zero. Yeah. You've set a precedence. We're this does now. get a zero. It I mean, zero. there is no reason to watch this. No. There is no. not a single time that I was enthralled by this. And the, the sad thing is, this is a story I'd like to see adapted. Yeah. Like, objectively, though. That'd be great to yeah. see a history of the World Cup it told yeah, you get to see it from the executive side, maybe from the player side too, yeah. the people side. Right, and you could concentrate on, you know, maybe just Ramey, and then maybe do a sequel or like make it like a Netflix series. Yeah, and then show Set Bladder and uh, you know his cronies and all the kickbacks they were taking, and and show what that do- how that affects these countries where you know, these World Cups are being put together. I didn't even mention it, but, like, the Qatar World Cups, the World Cup there, anyway, before, you know, years... Before it actually happened, the um, projection for the amount of workers that would ultimately die during construction was, like, 4,000. Now, I don't know the official numbers. I know John Oliver talked about it at one point. Yeah, I know I know some men died during Correct. construction, yes. But what was shady about it was that their cause of death, because, again, it's Qatar... Their cause of death was listed as, like, cardiac arrest or natural causes. Yeah. And, you know, cardiac arrest is just kind of a, your heart stopped. Which will happen to all of us, I, yeah. I have a feeling. So, to see it objectively told and show this is the ramifications, show what happens to the countries after the World Cup's gone, and that stadium, multi-billion dollar stadium, is there doing nothing. Mm-hmm. That would be interesting. Yeah, that would be interesting. This movie sucks. It does suck. It gets a zero. It, it earns a zero. Definitely. And what's funny is, again, it's not the least competently acted or directed or shot. It's just so bad. 
It's so bad that it's not good. Yeah. I mean, it sucks. This movie sucked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I guess those are <laughs> final thoughts. Yeah. We, I guess this is our version of a Roger Ebert review tearing this to shreds. Um, but yeah, speaking of reviews, Roger Ebert did not review this movie because I believe he died. Neither yeah. did his website, though, so I guess they didn't really care about this movie, which, once again, it's only released in 10 theaters in the United States and even fewer in probably Europe. Yeah. So, um, so I got this review off The Guardian, uh, by Jordan Hoffman. He gave it one star, because I guess wow. they don't have zero stars. Yeah. But we do. Get some balls. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so this is the tagline of the, of the article. Um, quote, two hours of wretched self-congratulatory FIFA history is as dash with cinema, but value proof of a corrupt insanity. And Tim Roth as Seth Vatter, why? That's it. <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. Yeah, we didn't get into a lot of things in this film. We didn't get into, like, all of them being white, um, yeah. even though some were Brazilians and other nationalities. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't get into how they wasted the scenery. Like, yeah. even when they showed where everything was, they didn't really show a lot of the great landmarks, the great scenery of yeah. the places. So that's another thing. Um, yeah, but then it goes on to say, um, quote, it's less of a movie than a preposterous self Hyography, um, more appropriate for Scientology or the Rev Sun Ming, Moon Moon. Yeah. As cinema is excellent, as proof of corporate insanity is valuable case study. This would all be a goof if the ripple, a goof if a ripple effects from the from FIFA weren't so severe. And talks about the death in guitars, which can know that for matter. A batter and the other FIFA execs will have the day in court, but United Passons' very existence is a strong bite of evidence. Or just how rotten and delusional this organization became. Had the arrest and not happened, this wretched movie would have disappeared without a trace. Now there's something to scrutinize and learn from. Nice. End quote. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this guy pretty sums up everything. Like, yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah that, that was very well said. Very well said. Yeah. Um, I guess we're we'll getting into... Let's get into some responses from the actual people who made this film and ran it. Um, the director, Abantine, um, he tried to, he said he tried to strike balance between Disney propaganda film, and I don't know what a Costa Grava slash Michael Moore, oh, he tried to make a Michael Moore film, and like a Disney <laughs> propaganda film combined. Uh, but now after that, uh, people see him, he says that people see him as the guy who brought AIDS to Africa, or the guy who caused the financial crisis. Well, I don't. And his name's like a mess now, and apparently he just makes propaganda for people who are really bad. <laughs> a little dramatic there. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, he didn't make a propaganda piece of FIFA who were really bad. So, yeah. Uh, Tim Roth, once again, he said he didn't question anything. He just went along with everything because he, he didn't pay so much. Yeah. He said that his father, if he would have saw this film, would be turning in his grave. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Again, I don't fault him. Yeah. I don't fault him at all. Yeah. And, of course, Jason Barry talked about how... Uh, he said that there was no plan for it to be released, mostly. There was no signs of distribution, no, like, premiering cans or anything like that. Which he thought was weird, because that usually happens during a movie. And, of course, he talked about how Seth Blatter had his dialogue cut from the movie to make it seem like that Seth Blatter wasn't that bad of a guy. <laughs> yeah. It is funny. Alright, um, this is winning an award. TJ, what award do you think this one? Golden Raspberry? Correct. Oh, good. Which one? Worst film. No. What it, uh, it won a Barry L. Bumstead Award, which is an award they made up for this movie, which is a critical and financial failures that were not given a eligible, eligible release. Oh, God. Which means since it was not released worldwide, this gets its own <laughs> special reward. That's that's impressive. Yeah. Other, other winners of this award are Misconduct, the movie Chips, 
and the Billionaire Boys Club. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, we're going to the Oscars. This was nominated for none of them. Uh, which they deserve so. Uh, winner of that year, 2014 Oscars. Well, sorry, 2015 Oscars for the films of 2014. Birdman won. Or Birdman or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. Uh, also nominated was American Sniper, Boyhood, The Imitation Game, Soma, Through Everything, and Whiplash. Alright. Uh, top 10 films of 2014 was Transformers, Age of Extinction. Number 2 was The Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies. Number 3 was Guardians of the Galaxy. Number 4, Maleficent. Number 5, The Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part 1. Number 6 was X-Men, Days of Future Past. Number seven was Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Damn. Number eight was Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. All right. Number nine was The Amazing Spider-Man 2, which I actually liked coming out of. Yeah. And number ten was Interstellar. So only one original movie yeah. made the top ten. Everything right. else was the sequels or based off properties. And meanwhile, United Passions made ten dollars. Made ten, yeah. <laughs> actually, that's kind of true. In Phoenix, Arizona, this film only goes nine dollars, which is one oh ticket. Oh, my God. Somebody man. only bought one ticket to see this movie. Oh, my God. Yeah. It premiered in 10 movie theaters, which appeared in New York, Phoenix, Los Angeles, Washington, D.C., Kansas City, Miami, Minneapolis, Dallas, Philadelphia, and Houston, grossing only $319. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so that's mostly all the fun facts. That's it. It was a very short page. Yeah. No shit. Yeah. So, yeah. So, don't go see United Passion. Um, don't support FIFA uh, at all. You know, if you love World Cup, if you love the, uh, soccer... Uh, I feel sorry for you. I'm very sorry this happened. <laughs> oh, stop it. They can like feet. They can like soccer. Okay. <laughs> like soccer all year. Fine, like soccer. Yeah. Football's better though. Like yeah. American football. USA! 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 Okay. Forward down the field, baby. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, um, I guess... I like, you know what I did think, though? I love watching the Brazilian fans all cry when they lost the World Cup. We're Lions fans, okay? Yeah. So try and get on our level. You guys considered the greatest, like, some of the greatest uh, teams in ever, so... Yeah, we I don't feel bad for you. Pitching. Yeah. Yeah. We're Lions fans. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta look up what they actually thought of the 1950s World Cup, because they... Because in the movie, it was like... World War Two, Like I said, World War Two and World War One combined. Yeah. So I'm like, what did they actually feel... I don't know. I just it couldn't be that bad. It could have been like, "Oh, sucks," and then that's it. (laughs) Well, the better team won. We'll do it next time. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. Okay, so let's play a game, TJ. Actually, have one. All right, terrific. Okay, TJ. Yes. We covered one of the worst films ever made. Yes. I now have more worst films ever made, and you have to guess their IMDb rating. Yes. Yeah. So, luckily I found a list of some of them, and let's start with the first one I think of. I'm ready. Oh. In 1936, a movie called Reefer Madness was made. Ooh. It's a cautionary tale, features fictionalized take on marijuana users. Mm. Two drug dealers lead innocent teenagers to become reefer addicts, holding wild parties and with jazz music. What do you think this movie's rated? On IMDb. IMDb, yes. Now remember, IMDb could be tricked too, because mm-hmm. it said that uh, Star Trek Redemption is the greatest movie of all time. Yeah. So, trolls to the garden. So, let's see. What do you think it is? Well, let me start by saying that I do not endorse the use of reefer. No. I think that those who do use it are putting themselves and others around them at great risk. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh... Teacher, is that a bong? You're going to hell. Huh? I see a bong right there. Oh. Is, that, is that yours? I never said I wasn't going to hell. <laughs> anyway, reefer madness, I'm going to guess a 3.5. Wow, you're close. 3.7. Wow. Yeah. I like that. Okay. All right. 
Okay, the next one up is a movie called No Orchards for Miss Blandis, released wow. in 1948. John Blandis is worth $100 million. His heiress daughter is soon to be wed to Forrest. She is a cold, unfeeling woman, despite loving her. Her cold, emotional state is in large part due to her leading a restricted life. A low-level thug named Johnny overhears the sea wedding night plans and peddles the ideas for vibing her for a hundred thousand dollars. Okay. Um I'm gonna go two point eight. No. Aww. It's six six. Six out of ten. <laughs> six out of ten? Six out of ten this movie got out of out of IMDB. Users. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. Alright. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one is actually considered one of the worst movies ever made. Of course, all these are, but this one especially was. It's famous for being one of Jerry Seinfeld's favorite movies, Plan 9 from Outer Space. Ooh, okay, this needs to have like a 7. Hold on, no, that's not my answer, though. Okay, so I'll read a description for people who don't know. Evil, alien, evil aliens attack Earth and set their terrible Plan 9 into action. As the aliens resurrect the dead of the Earth, the lives of the living are in danger. So what do you think it is? Here? I love this movie, actually. I've seen this movie... I stand by this movie. I think that it's a lot of fun. I'm going to go with a 6.1. Uh, TJ, play the music. Ah, dang it. It's a 3.9. 3 point, okay, the people are, people are taking themselves too seriously watching that shit. Next film up is considered to be one of the greatest flops of all time. So expensive that it caused one of the greatest decades of filmmaking to be put to a stop. At least in 1980, it is called Heaven's Gate. Oh, boy. This movie is about during the Johnson County War in 1890, Wyoming, a seraph born into wealth does not does his best to protect immigrant farmers from rich cattle interests. Oh, boy. Well, let, me, let me get the sound effect ready. Okay. All right. Have... Jeez, I know about this movie. I've okay. never seen it. This movie's three hours and thirty nine minutes long. Jesus Christ! Cost about twenty seven million dollars from United oh Artists in nineteen eighty, which is now probably close to, I would say, the most expensive film to be made now. So oh my about two hundred fifty, three hundred fifty million. <laughs> wow, that's uh, a lot of kids could have been fed. Yeah, um, I will go with uh, two point eight. Play the music, TJ. I'm going to get one more of these. It is 6.7 out of 10. This has not been... It's been... um, It's been revived in some way by uh, filmmakers. Uh, Yeah, it has a Criterion collection. So, yeah. Sorry, I deserve more of that. Yeah. (laughs) Wow, I was way off. Yeah, so this is 6.7 out of 10. That's unbelievable. Yeah, so it's been revived. Okay. Okay, uh, next one up. One of the... (laughs) One of the most cult films ever to be made. 1995's Showgirls. What is it? Showgirls. Oh, Showgirls. Yeah. Well, it's IMDb, and I feel like anything that's decent. Now, this is one of the most popular movies to be ever made, especially in the gay community. Popular? Yes. Okay. They love this film. A lot of people love this film. Uh, It's about Naomi. Oh, sorry. Nomi. Not even Naomi. Nomi. Is that Elizabeth Berkeley? Yeah. A young, carefree drifter arrives in Las Vegas, Nevada, to become a dancer and soon sets out, climbing her way to the top of the Vegas showgirls. 6.9. 6.9. 
Play this music. God dang it. This is really fucking myself. This, this got a there. five out of ten. Five? Yeah. I feel like everyone, I feel like basically everything on IMDb is like seven. So, that's yeah. why I guessed it. Plus okay. 6.9, you get it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. You got to make more of these? One more. All right. Okay. This movie, TJ, is the movie we just did, United Passions. Oh, what do you think the IMDb rating for this is? One. Play One out of ten. No. Two out of ten. Close. Three out of ten. Nah, cold. I'll play the damn boo anyway. <laughs> I had an applause one already for when I got one. It's 2.1 out of ten. 2.1? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So you were surprised. Yeah. Alright, well. Yeah, that was the game. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for putting that together. This is for you. Yay! Alright, TJ, it is now time to spin the wheel, make the deal. We only have two movies, two movies left. I know, so... Moonlight yeah, and wow. Elephant Man, so this is actually going to be really exciting. This is really exciting. Yeah. So only two movies left, the wheel's now ready, let's spin this sucker. Here we go. And the movie is going to be... Elephant Man! Yay! Hooray! Yay. We're going to figure out why the hell they chose uh, John the David Lynch to direct Dune. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess so. It's going to be good. So yeah, stay tuned for the next coming weeks for Elephant Man. So let's see. Okay, so I'm Mo, and go! <laughs> go. <laughs> and I'm TJ, and I'm going to spend the next week or two just memorizing IMDb scores. That's good. Yeah, that's All healthy, right. right? Yeah. All right. See you, folks. Let's have Robert Mitchum play us out. Adios. Adios. Bye.